Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, and no advertisers to influence our opinions. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because grateful people are happier, less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. And ladies and gentlemen, as my regular list listeners know, we're here to give you news that you can use so that you can be the CEO and president of your body because you have the right to ask questions and get answers before you allow anything to be done to it. Really important. Really important. Because we do have an inner sense of guidance and intuition. And we should rely on that along with some good knowledge. And we don't want to be schooled and fooled and used and abused. We want the information so we can make informed decisions. Well, today we're going to be talking about osteoporosis, and let's talk about it in a, in a minute about how if we're being schooled and fooled on this diagnosis. I think I may have some good information for you, and this information may have something to do with uh is there a vitamin deficiency setting you up to become frail? Well, I think we're going to find there's a little bit of a connection to all this. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have seen older folks, you know, who we think are elderly. 
they need help getting up and around. They can't lift much by themselves. And, and then we see other seniors are exactly the same age and even older who seem to have beaten the odds. And I golf with a 93-year-old gentleman that walks and plays tennis. How many 93-year-olds have you seen doing that? Because some of them are active and independent without a hint of weakness or fragility. So do we know why one group is different than the other? Well, there's some research that may show that it could be due to a humble vitamin. And it's probably one you thought you knew everything there was to know about. Because I'm going to tell you that there was a new study published in the Journal of Nutrition that reveals the secret as to why some folks in their later years remain strong and active. While others are weak, frail, and may be dependent on others for their care. It has to do with one small thing they do. Something that helps beat back muscle-wasting frailty and disability. And keeping all those conditions at bay helps preserve their quality of life. So what am I talking about after all this time? Well, I'm talking about consuming plenty of vitamin C. When they pulled 13,000 Europeans who were aged from 42 to 82, those with the best skeletal muscle mass also consumed the most citrus fruits, the most berries, and other foods that are packed with vitamin C. Now, we shouldn't be surprised with this, but we, uh, we talk about vitamin C for cancer, for colds, and for immunity, but not about frailty and muscle strength. You know, because vitamin C, what is it renowned for? It's a potent antioxidant that can help repel or even repair muscle tissue damage. And the, the antioxidants work because they check on the free radicals that can destroy muscle cells and contribute to the decline of muscle mass and function. I bet you if you're over 50, you could lose as much as 1% of your muscle mass per year. But consuming more vitamin C, which has the power to neutralize free radicals, this was associated with a 4% greater muscle mass compared to those who consumed less of the vitamin. There's a new finding, finding, and it confirms what a study done in 2018 out of Chile found about the link between what we'll call the citrus vitamin and the risk of becoming frail. Turns out in that study, participants with the lowest vitamin C intake were 93% more likely to, de to develop frailty than their counterparts who consumed high amounts of vitamin C. And it complements another study, an animal study in 2019 out of Japan, that vitamin C deficiency can actually cause the muscle atrophy. But great, there's good news at the bottom of all this. It can be reversed by restoring adequate intake of vitamin C. It's a crucial building block of the structure of muscle tissue. Not only does our skeletal muscle contain vitamin C, about two-thirds of our body's total content. <laughs> Do you ever think of that? It's in your muscles. But vitamin C also contributes to the production of muscle-building components. 
like carnitine and collagen. Collagen is a omnipresent protein that we need to heal. So you can supplement with carnitine, collagen, or vitamin C, or just one, the vitamin C. So that's the thought for today. And a lot of this, putting this work together was Melissa Young. So thank you for that. So that's, we that want to start the program off with that. And then I have a lot of notes today that I want to just bring to your attention, especially we'll start off with the WHO, who actually the World Health Organization are the ones that gave us the definitions of, of osteopenia and osteoporosis. And believe it or not, they were arbitrarily conceived by this organization and then projected upon millions of women's bodies to convince them that they had a drug treatable, symptomless disease. This osteopenia in 1992 and osteoporosis in 1994 were formally identified as skeletal diseases by the WHO as bone mineral densities, one through 2.5 standard deviations respectively, below the peak bone mass of the average adult Caucasian male as measured by these scans called DEXA, DXA, or DEXA, like the gold standard it is, but this, this test is inept. We'll get into that. But is, is there a, an agenda behind this definition and these scans that does not have anything to do with health? And this standard deviation is simply a calculated quantity to, to, to see how much you deviate from a group, the group as a whole. And who did they pick as the average, a, a young adult female, approximately 30 years of age. When you have your peak bone mass in your, low, in your life cycle. Then you have to ask yourself, why would an 80-year-old's bones be defined as abnormal if they are less dense than a 30-year-old's? So what, what did they redefine some things here? Did the, is the aging process been redefined as a disease? And did it target women? Much as other diagnoses targeted women like hormone replacement therapy and so forth and treating menopause. Was there another agenda that everyone, that women were made to feel like they had a health condition that was serious enough to take expensive and dangerous bone drugs? and maybe dangerous doses of elemental calcium to, so that they could be quote unquote normal. One thing cannot be debated is that this sudden transformation of uh, healthy women who suffered no symptoms of low bone mineral density into a risk treatment appropriate group 
generating billions of dollars of revenue from these DEXA device manufacturers. You had to go see your doctor. You had to get a prescription all around the world. Osteopenia, in fact, is a non-entity. It's just a description. It describes nothing more than a deviation from that 30-year-old woman. It, it probably in the beginning was thought to indicate that there would be, would be a potential problem but it didn't have any particular diagnostic or therapeutic significance. Okay, so I could, there's lots of literature written about what WHO had in mind, but basically it was to make people think they're sick so that they could have a manufactured disease that would create an ill for a pill. So if you think of a bell curve, that 30-year-old woman is at the top of that bell curve, and anybody on either side has is is they're sick, right? But should an 80-year-old be compared to a 30-year-old in bone density? Well, there's lots of debate that it shouldn't be. And is bone mineral density equivalent to bone strength? Well, it's not. but they do overlap in places, but they're not equivalent. In other words, density is an indicator of the, the uh, bone resisting breaking when, it, when it's being crushed by some kind of weight. But that's not an indicator of tensile strength, which is the re resistance of a bone to be broken while being pulled or, uh, pulled or stretched. Actually, Dear listeners, in some cases, having a higher bone density indicates that the bone is actually weaker. Take, for instance, glass. That has a high density and compressive strength, but it's brittle. It lacks tensile strength, to and it, that's required for it to resist shattering in a fall. But how about wood as compared to glass? That's closer to hum human bone than glass or stone is less dense relative to these materials, but also it's pretty strong in relation to them. It's wood is capable of bending and stretching and can withstand the very same forces which the bone is faced during a fall. Okay, so let me get some, give you some historical background from a podcast I did a few years ago. Because I, I talked about what was happening at that time in the mainstream. And at that time, they were saying that anybody didn't believe in the DEXA scans were quacks and so forth. And a lot of this discussion took place on a website called Medscape. And they had lots of quizzes that doctors could take so they could prescribe drugs for their, for their, for their patients. So one of these challenges is a guy who suffered a mysterious fracture 
He was walking along one day, minding his own business when he twisted around and crack. He had osteopenia, which we talked about, thinning of the bone, but not osteoporosis. So you think that would be the reason, right? But his bone mineral density had actually improved after taking Fosamax, a drug that's supposed to give those bones that little extra strength, right? He took the drug as he was directed. His bones improved. And you would think he would be a poster boy, right? But where's the twist? The twist is the culprit, according to Medscape, was the Fosamax. The surprised bone-building drug caused this dude's painful bone to break. Now, if you look at the x-ray, it looked like it was doing fine. It was restoring his bone mineral density. But hiding in the shadows is the truth about how this drug actually works. Because as we talked about just a few minutes ago, ultimately it increases the risk of breaks. Even as the mineral density improves, because it stops the bones from repairing tiny bits of micro damage that occur from everyday wear and tear. Now that was acknowledged in 2018. The cat got out of the bag. But did anything sane come of all this? Did doctors stop prescribing this drug? No, it was recommended they continue prescribing drugs like Fosamax in spite of that bone rattling risk. So they also will tell you that calcium, magnesium, vitamin D and K supplements don't work. And sure, some of the studies out there don't prove that they do work, but that's because they were rigged and designed to fail. They just tested one or two ingredients on their own and not the group. Okay, so this story was in relation to what we just talked about, the, the strength of the bones and how there's no tensile strength. They're more like glass than wood when you take these drugs. And drugs come, you know, always with a, a list of side effects. And you know what? On these bone-building drugs, it was standard practice to have a holiday from them. You know, Boniva, Fosamax, Reclast. After being on them for three to five years, Patients were typically told to take a vacation from them for a year or more. But since that meant money was being taken from Big Pharma's pocket, it was an all hands on deck in an effort to scare women away from doing exactly what they're supposed to and scare them into staying on these bi-phosphonate drugs, nonstop. When women take a break from these medications, they may end up stopping them altogether, and they don't want that. So before you consider starting any of these drugs, you 
You better think about that. A number of years ago, when doctors first floated the idea of taking a holiday from these heavy-duty osteoporosis drugs, it made perfect sense. After all, the longer you take them, the greater the chance of suffering serious side effects. Do you know you can get osteonecrosis of the jaw? It's called ONJ. You know you can get sudden, unusual breaks in your thigh bone called the femur, the longest and strongest bone in your body. So what's, what's Big Pharma telling you now? They're telling doctors to tell their patients that taking a vacation from these drugs, these bone drugs, is like setting out on the Titanic. There's a disaster in the, in the future. One doctor who proposed this is Dr. Nancy Lane. She spent a recent rheumatology warning to doctors that patients just can't walk away from these drugs like Proli and so forth without being a, at a big risk. Dr. Lane is a consultant for Prolia drug maker Amgen, as well as for Abbott and Pfizer. She says that the solution to any patient who wants to ditch a drug such as Prolia is to switch them to another kind of osteoporosis medication, like estrogen, which happened to be made by Pfizer, or a biphosphonate. But... Researchers from Loyola University cautioned about the risks involving taking a sabbatical from the biphosphonate drugs. They claim that 15% of patients with osteoporosis will suffer a bone fracture during this holiday. But what important fact that they said was that every single one of these doctors had to admit you know what that was? You know what fact they had to admit, even though they told you not to take a holiday? All of these drugs come along with awful side effects if you continue to take them. This jaw fracture, ONJ, for instance, that's a horrible condition. Your bone cells die off and they leave openings in your jaw that don't heal. You know, if you're going to start one of these drugs, you know you're advised to have any dental work completed before you start them. Because having dental work while you're on them can accelerate this necrosis of your jaw. But the biggest myth of all is that you're asked to accept those risks in order to keep your bones strong as we age. Again, most doctors will not tell you about vitamin D supplements, vitamin K2 supplements. But they do work, ladies and gentlemen. So um, if you're going to take a vacation, come on here down to Florida. Let it be at, at the beach. Not a vacation from these dangerous drugs. If you're going to get off them, make it a permanent vacation. Now, how about these scans? Well, I put together some notes about losing bone mass. You know, you know, this, this is a billion of dollar industry. These drugs for for uh, osteoporosis, and once you get hooked on them, it's really hard to get out. 
So you're probably familiar with your credit score, huh? But how about your T-score? So your credit score determines how you can finance a purchase, right? Like a car or a house. The T-score can mean the difference between being told you have a disease or not. A T-score is determined by taking this DEXA bone scan, which is highly unreliable to start with. Some experts even call it a scam test. But nevertheless, women are told they absolutely need a DEXA scan after a certain age so you can know how your bones are doing. And since a normal DEXA scan T-score is based on, what did I tell you? The bone density of how, how old a woman? A 30-year-old woman. You know, you're practically guaranteed your results will get you diagnosed with osteoporosis. So what are the scientific studies that backed up this T-score? There had to be very precise ones, right? Well, not exactly. In 1992, at a conference involving the International Osteoporosis Foundation and, again, the WHO, it took place in Rome. It, the two groups gathered to figure out how a number below which doctors could say a woman has osteoporosis. No one, however, had any idea what it should be. Remember, they're judging this from a 30-year-old. The question was, how far below should they go? It was, it's been told that one of the attendees just, just got up and drew a line. Anyone on the other side of that line was osteoporosis. osteoporosis. But somewhere along the line, after billions of dollars of drugs were sold, women got wise to all the side effects of these drugs. And sales began to drop. Fosamax and Prolia, for example, cut up your risk of fracturing your femur. Remember that long bone in your, in your thigh? And it should be the strongest bone in your body. And that osteonecrosis of your jaw, they were realizing that more and more women were developing that. And more and more women were suffering from disabling joint and muscle pain. I'm only going to give you that short list. And remember, we did tell, tell you that you can get micro cracks in your bones, making them more prone to break because they don't heal. So now along comes the American College of Physicians. They come up with their recommendation, saying that any woman, woman who is told she has osteoporosis needs to start taking these drugs immediately and do so for at least five years. They claim that quote-unquote fresh data in the form of a statistical study clears these drugs of upping your risk of heart attack or stroke. But did this American college take doctors by the hand so they can sign off on as many prescriptions as possible? Did the group glaringly disregard all the adverse reactions that this drug was, had been causing? Especially since it advises against women taking the hormone estrogen because of its associated increased risks or harms. 
Was the pot calling the kettle black? Were they trying to scare women back onto these drugs? And this is from the internal annals of internal medicine now. American College of Physicians, not osteoporosis uh, phys, uh, society, not os, uh, orthopedic surgeons. Again, taking vitamin D3 and K2 are vital, especially if you're taking calcium. More natural, less less side effects. And of course, the good old sunshine, which we preach here all the time. Do not be afraid of the sun. So how are you, you know, women are trying to save their bones. They're getting this DEXA scan now more than, what, 25 years old or so. Again, remember that most experts say it's the most unreliable medical test you can get. Let me just give you a little bit of what they're saying about this test. Different brands of scanners can give results that may vary as much as 20%. So one machine could say your bones are healthy, the other one say they're fragile. The way your T-score is calculated is a trade secret. They don't reveal that. Seemingly small things such as the x-ray technician's technique the way you lay on the table or even the kind of clothes you're wearing will influence your score. Smaller bones show a lighter shadow, so you'll get a lower T-score, even if your bones are perfectly healthy. Doesn't that sound like a great test? Can you believe women and some men are put on these medications based on tests with this type of uh, sensitivity, which is none? These bone drugs, I've, as I've been telling you, actually up your fracture risk. And some of these drugs have also been linked to cancer, heart inflammation, bone death, and low calcium levels. You know what? Bottom line, it takes 10 years of these scans for it to tell if these medications are working. I guess that's, that's as precise as we're going to get with this. Now, don't you feel really confident when your doctor says you need a DEXA scan? Again, I keep coming back to vitamin D3, vitamin K2. You want the vitamin K that's made from natto or natto kinase. Works synergistically with D3 to protect your bones, especially if you're taking a calcium supplement. So, as Jody Thompson says, ditch the DEXA scam. Oh, she said, I mean scan. So you're getting the idea of, of what's been going on. The only thing I want to add to what I've been talking about is vitamin C because it does mineralize the bone and stimulates bone-forming cells to grow. <clears throat> it prevents too much degradation of bone by inhibiting bone-absorbing cells. It dampens oxidative stress, stress, which is what aging is. 
and it's vital to collagen synthesis. And if vitamin C is low, the opposite happens. Bones degrade. They don't, they don't stay strong. The cells that form the bones are not formed. And I did tell you that elderly patients who fractured bones had significantly lower levels of vitamin C in their blood. That's an important part to important point to, to remember. And vitamin K2, well known to holistic practitioners, well known to longtime listeners of this podcast. And you know what? If you supplement with that, it's also good, also good for your not only your bone but for heart issues. And D3. Now, D3 is interesting because, you know, you can get your level measured. And as I've been telling you since the start of the pandemic, it it doesn't, it's not good for it to be normal, which is anything over 30. It should be between 60 and 80 milligrams per milliliter. 60 to 80 is what you want, not the 30 or 40. I think it's worth your endeavor to try it. You know, you'll need about two to five grams of a sodium ascorbate, vitamin C as a general supplement. If you have kidney stones, however, or kidney disease, check with your provider first. But listeners, humans, monkeys, and guinea pigs don't make vitamin C. Aren't we in a great group there? We don't make it. This leaves us on our own. Believe it or not, a cat weighing about 10, 15 pounds synthesizes more than 15 times the requirement of vitamin C recommended for humans. From my perspective, vitamin C is one of the most non-toxic and safe supplements known. If you can afford it, use liposomal, L-I-P-O-S-O-M-A-L, vitamin C. Try and stay away from the ester C or calcium ascorbate. Okay. I think that's important for you to know. And know that this osteoporosis, osteopenia is, was a, is a man-made disease. Okay. It is, it is a disease made to sell drugs in this podcast's humble opinion. Just know that, and ask your doctor about this, because it's been reported in the journal Lancet, the JAMA. Been known for 15 years, but nobody talks about it. High bone density profoundly increases the risk of breast cancer. But no one's giving it any attention because it contradicts the propaganda of the mainstream. Breast cancer awareness programs focus on x-ray-based breast screenings as a form of early detection. The National Osteoporosis Foundation's entire platform is based on expounding the belief that increasing bone mineral density for osteoporosis prevents, translates into improved quality and length of life. However, they can't deny the research is not going to go away. They're going to have to eventually acknowledge these risks. 
Journal of the American Medical Association, 1996. Women with bone mineral density above the 25th percentile have two to two and a half times increased risk of breast cancer compared with women below the 25th percentile. Journal of Nutrition Review, 1997. Postmenopausal women in the highest quartile for metacarpal bone mass were found to have an increased risk of developing breast cancer. American Journal of Epidemiology, 1998, women with a positive family history of breast cancer and who are in the highest bone mineral density have a 3.4-fold increased risk, and on and on. So high mineral, high bone density for women is, in my opinion, it does more harm than good. And this fixation on osteoporosis, osteoporosis prevention as the top women's health concern, we need to see if that's supported by the facts. Because the number one cause of death in women is heart disease. Number two cause of death is cancer. And I don't see any deaths in the top list, top of the list, deaths from complications associated with a bone fracture or break. It doesn't even make the CDC's top 10 list of causes of female mortality. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron. <clears throat> I'm the host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. And uh, I thought I did this as a private uh, airing, but I see there's some people. Yes, I am a physician with 55 years of, of experience. I'm board certified by two medical specialists. And yes, like anything else, you can take too much of vitamin C. Over 2,500 milligrams, it can become a pro-oxidant instead of an antioxidant. And I'm sorry I didn't look at this board earlier. Some of you that are listening, I hope you, if you are still listening, I thought this uh, was not public, but whatever. Uh, and some folks 19 above have survived COVID, absolutely. It seems the one thing they have in common is high vitamin D levels. And yes, they have survived. They have survived, especially if they haven't been put on a ventilator especially if they were given hydroxychloroquine early. Because 95% of the patients put on ventilators died. Remember folks, there weren't, there weren't any that I, of COVID-19 deaths at home. And remember that our WHO said only 6% of the 170,000 here in the United States had actually only COVID. Hospitals were being paid for COVID diagnosis if they could add it. They, they made a lot of money. We talked about this this past Saturday. Hundreds of thousands per patient that was diagnosed with COVID. So there's uh, stories about uh, a gentleman in Florida got 
was killed in a motorcycle accident for some, somehow he got tested for COVID. His, his cause of death was listed as COVID. So um, really interesting stuff. So we'll, well, my, since I've switched over to Podbean from Blog Talk, uh, what we're doing is a live show at four o'clock on Tuesdays and a COVID show on Saturdays. So COVID show will open up the phones and you, know, you, you can call in from the app. We're glad to take your questions. And since I see that actually people are listening here now, uh, I'll have as a guest, Dr. Jerry Smith, a naturopathic physician and um, has written his, his latest book on cancer. He's written other books just to talk about COVID because as I started at the beginning of the podcast, we are being used and abused, fooled and schooled. And it's starting to fall apart except for the political end of it. This Saturday, we're going to make a special effort to talk about the coming vaccines. AstraZeneca's uh, one was stopped in, in Europe because of uh, transverse myelitis. The Moderna one is uh, have almost 100% uh, complications at the high dose, so they're, they're using a lower dose. And as it was reported today in some of the papers, some of the Moderna board of directors are selling their stock. Why is that? If this vaccine is going to be so great. So look, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope to uh, be back next week. I have a, cannot be here tomorrow live. So this show will actually air again tomorrow at four o'clock. Uh, but next week we'll be here. If you, we can chat. And uh, if you're around Saturday at four o'clock, We'll be talking about COVID and answer any of your questions. So this has really been a, a pleasure for me and an honor to be here with Podbean. Uh, new experience, and I'm loving it. Okay. Have a great rest of the week. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom what the man had to say and it's all about good health he's the man you got to see he has a lot more answers for you so tune in next week when the doctor is in the house or when the doctor is in the house and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week <laughs>